Okay, go. Hi, Patrick here. Um, I have many favorite podcasts. I can't pick just one. Uh, but I think this is my new favorite. And you're listening ahead, the podcast about podcasts. I'm Ollie Monch, and you're listening ahead, the podcast about podcasts. This week we're talking memories, but before we get into it, let's see who's in the house. Alice Hamilton and Alex BC. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you now Alex BC? I am. I've rebranded. Yeah, okay. All right, so before we get into it, what have you guys been listening to this week? This week I had a listen to the Sydney Opera House podcast called Ideas at the House, and it's a little bit of a TEDx sort of really interesting, compelling conversations. And I was flicking through the list and found that one of my um, old mates, Rachel Hills, who has a book called The Sex Myth, um, does a talk about everything to do with her, her book, and that was really great listening, so get on board that. What about you, Hammer? Um, okay, so bear with me. Because <laughs> I don't want to be the one that always brings loose things, but... Is it Australian? No, English, actually. An English podcast, and it's called My Dad Wrote a Porno. Mm. Interesting. So it's three um, friends who catch up, and one of their dads wrote erotic fiction, and each week he does a reading of his <gasps> dad's erotic fiction, and then they just sit around and dissect it and laugh about it, and it is... <gasps> So funny. Oh, my God. Like, like weeping with laughter on the bus funny. Like, it's called Belinda Blinked. This guy going to be talking about it with cracking out, cracking up. And she works in, like, pots and pan sales. <laughs> like, when is this it, from? A lot of it is the super 70s. non-saucy. No, it's, like, recent. He, like, recent. in his, like, older, in his retirement, he was, like. Just taking up erotic. Yeah. Cow. You know what <laughs> I, I feel like is an expression of my creativity? How graphic is it? Oh, it's graphic. <laughs> like, uncomfortably so, if you were reading it written by your dad. Oh, I'm downloading on the way home. It's so good. <laughs> this sounds amazing. Awesome. All right, cool. Well, let's get into it, guys. Okay, so this week we are listening to a podcast called Memory Motel. It's a reasonably new podcast um, created by Terence McGee who's a writer and storyteller. He's done some stuff with the Moth podcast previously. Can you trust that? I'm Terence Mickey, and welcome to Memory Motel. The podcast itself, well, it's obviously memory-focused and each episode's wrapped around, you know, a central theme or a story. Um, but it feels like there's something else to it. It feels like there's more of an investigation, you know, looking behind the science of memory. This is what memory is for, is for sort of social bonding. And by, by sharing these memories and having these memories in common, it identifies us as having this shared background as being friends or family members to make us part of a social group and, and help us bond as a social group. What did you guys think? Alex? I absolutely love this podcast. I'd never heard of it and I'm just so glad that you found it. It's just me in a podcast. Like, I don't need a Tinder profile. I don't need a resume. I just need to send people the link to this podcast and say everything that is in this podcast is a description of me. Awesome. So we're obviously on to a winner. Um, I thought the best way to look at the podcast was to pick out a couple of episodes that really struck a chord with me. Um, the first one was episode two. Everything in its right place is the title, and it really focuses on objects and how we relate to that and, and, and memories and how memories relate to that. The one thing they do bring up early in that episode is Marie Kondo, um, who we heard about previously in one of our earlier episodes. That's it. 
Spark joy. Spark joy. The KonMari method asks a simple question: Do the objects in your life spark joy or not? You know that you're experiencing a spark of joy when you touch it, and all the feelings, every part of your body, just all of a sudden, kind of like rises a little bit, like cute. And apparently, this is a philosophy that Alice subscribes to, and actually has the book with her tonight. <laughs> Would you do us the honor of reading? <laughs> so, what? Uh, here's what she says about sentimental items. No matter how wonderful things used to be, we cannot live in the past. The joy and excitement we feel here and now are more important. <gasps> She's I know, not a right? Journalist. So against yeah. you. Throwing down so against, against me. Alex. Okay, yeah. And right. then she says, by handling each sentimental item and deciding what to discard, you process your past, which I think is important, right? Because you love knickknacks, Al. Okay, let's get into this. So, oh, there's there is, there are two there. sides of this fight. <laughs> there is Marie Kondo in the in the Hamilton corner. Yeah. And then there's Knickknack City over in uh, over in the Bailey Chatteris. Yeah, it's true. Corner. I can't I can't deny it. I can't Why? Deny it. Why do you hold on to all of this stuff? I think because I'm a writer, and I secretly know that there is such incredible personal archive there. Is um, this has this always been the case? Have you have you got knickknacks and trinkets? I don't and... have knickknacks. No, no, no. What I have is boxes of demons. This is what we call it. Mm. Box of demons, and it's full of. Letters and books and notepads and sounds like yeah, evidence. Words. It does yeah. sound a bit like evidence. <laughs> Cold case. If you had to throw everything out, bar one item, what would it be? Um, I have a notebook that has all of the SMSs. Oh my god! That's <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love how anti you guys are. Yeah, so transcribe. So this is in the early days of mobile, before before mobile, oh. before. Oh, and you couldn't keep many. Before text messages were free, and when you couldn't and keep you many, storage. you didn't have any storage. So I used to write them down because people used to really put effort into those texts. Like they're really romantic. But Al, are they all from your ex boyfriend? No. Is any from me? No. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Hang out with my boyfriend. <laughs> Okay, so we know that you're a keeper. Hamo, you like to throw things out. What actually does make it to the apartment? What's what's survived all the moves? What's crossed the globe from New York to, to Sydney? Yeah, surprisingly because it's because they're quite bulky, but I really struggle with parting with books. Not because I think I'm going to read them again, but just because I like to look at them and think of where I was when I was reading them. Like I have very books? strong... Seriously? Yeah, very strong memories of where I was when I was reading books and... Can't you just go and that. read the book, though? No. Like on a Kindle or something? Doesn't Ugh, work. No. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm going to pick up my Kindle and scroll through the things I've already read and be like, oh, that's right. Remember when I read that in a hurricane? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it works like that. No, is it a, it's the actual physical book. It's actually the physical book. One of the central stories of the second episode is around this museum of broken relationships where people who have been through a breakup, um, you know, donate something to the, the museum and then they write a story about it. Donating to the museum allows you to experience both the act of letting go and the desire to memorialize. So what we are commemorating are these memorable moments when you are able to say there is before and after, you know, things were never the same after that moment. And these are moments that mark us profoundly. 
That's all of this stuff's presented in a room. So it just looks like a bunch of, you know, it looks like a garage sale basically. But then once you take into account all of these great stories, you know, then you know, the, the true meaning of them comes through, these memories. What would you guys donate to the museum? First of all, number one thing I would give to the Museum of Broken Relationships would be Missy Higgins' The Sound of White because <gasps> that CD has gotten me through so many breakups, but I binned it. So <laughs> <laughs> I had got rid of all my CDs two moves ago, so I, can't, I couldn't bring it. But what I did remember that I had and I still, I still kept it was when one of my breakups when I was, I reckon I was 20, um, I wrote this super long list of all of the things I would miss about being in a relationship. It's literally like five pages long and then the last page is just flowers because I <laughs> got bored and was just like, okay, well, we're done with that. <laughs> hang so, on, hang on, hang on. Miss about being in a relationship with that person or just general relationship well, factor? great question, Alex, because it includes things like... Um, We'll never have a good photo taken together and I won't have anyone to bead with. <laughs> but then also ones like, um, I won't have someone to go places with so I don't show up alone. <laughs> they sound quite practical. And, yeah, and like literally oh. just sat down, cathartically wrote down like five A4 pieces of paper of all the things I would never do again and then just, <laughs> and then peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever kept an object or something, but that music thing really rings true. Like yeah. definitely, Do you have a breakup CD? There's definitely, like, OK Computer was, like, a really oh, big one. Oh, yeah. And I, but yeah. I love that album, but I still, I can still relate to it. What about you, Al? This is so embarrassing. Um, so I brought, I brought along my props. Okay. That, there's about 800 gram of diary right there. <laughs> like, that looks heavy. Yeah, so these are this is what's known as the books. Okay, so two volumes. Two volumes. They, just to, for the listeners at home, they are two. A5 what's that? Size? Like an A five size diary. They are both covered in like a stripy material. Yeah, one's pink and one's blue. This looks like a matching set. Like sure. Alex would have harboured hopes that she'd give the blue one to the boyfriend and the pink one to her, <laughs> and they get <laughs> oh, bold or pod. Oh my god. Okay, so when when I was at uni, my boyfriend went on an exchange for six months to the UK. And this is in the time before Facebook, before smartphones, before email was like really a proper thing. I was looking for a way to sort of keep the relationship close while he was far apart. So the idea was that each of us would have one of them and we would write to each other into the book whenever we missed each other or you know, whatever. Basically, six months of the exchange went and I just went to town. Like, every single page of that diary is covered. And anyway, then we met up and um, eventually we had, like, the swapping of the books moment. And there was a fatal flaw in the plan that I had forgotten, which was that he was not an artist or a writer and it just wasn't his mode of communication and just the book that he gave back to me was basically blank. Maybe you shouldn't have given him a pink book to write in. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, I would have felt a lot better if I had a blue book to write in. Really? Yeah, really. Well, I might pull out my pink book. My pink book now and <laughs> have a bit of a write in public while I'm missing. <laughs> like, yeah, that precludes him from writing anywhere but in the privacy I of his know, own room. Look, I'm not saying that the plan wasn't flawed, but um, that they kind of they belong together. And the thing is, like, I don't want them, but I can't really give them to him because it's like, that's weird. How come you've got both? You gave him the blue one in Heathrow Airport. I gave him the blue one in Heathrow Airport. So how'd you get it back? Because I think I was just the person who was in charge of the books. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you all laughing at me? 
with that. Don't you know me? Why did, don't you know me enough already? <laughs> All right, from the past to the present, let's play <laughs> some Balderford. Did you like that? I've been hanging to drop that on there. <laughs> So you guys know how this works. Um, basically, somebody has a look at the podcast charts, finds the name of a podcast, tells it to the other guys, and they have to work out what it's about. Okay, this week, your podcast title is The Sour Hour. Uh, Sour Hour. Is it just a whinge fest? Are there people who are just very pissed yeah, off? Yeah, people who are like really bitter about something that happened in their past. What are they bitter about? Just their childhood. <laughs> <laughs> the Democrats, the Republicans. Oh, it's political. Is it, uh, or is it more literal? Is it a food-based pod? Only about lemons, though. Lemon-specific. <laughs> whiskey and sours, whiskey podcast. Anything else sour? Um, sour grapes. <laughs> sure. Can you give us a clue? Sure. How's about our our sponsors that we want to be sponsors? It's about beer. Beer. Wow. Sour. Sour. Beer. Beer? <laughs> Sour beer? Hosted by Hang Jay on. Goodwin, co-founder of The Rare Barrel in Berkeley, California, The Sour Hour is an in-depth look into the process of making wild ales. An audio podcast about the beer-making <laughs> process. So at the end they get to it and they're like, mmm, tastes sour. It's like, a, it's like a weekly podcast and each episode goes for over an hour. Oh, oh. God. Only in the world of podcasts. <laughs> Before we wrap things up, um, let's let's talk about the future of your listening to this podcast. What do you hope they're going to cover? I would like them to cover hypnosis because I have been <gasps> hypnotised to remove memory before. So I had a break-in at my house when I was home and um, as a result, I couldn't like, I kept not being able to sleep or I would wake up in the middle of the night. So I knew it was like subconscious and all these people at my work were going to see a hypnotist for various different shenanigans. (laughs) (laughs) And so so I went to see this hypnotist and what she does is she makes you think about something that happened beforehand and something that happened afterwards. And you just think like, you just remember back and forth between those two events and it kind of erases the memory of the like trauma. So what were all of these people at work going to a hypnosis like for? Like fear of flying, quitting smoking, yeah, public speaking. You can go for anything, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> go and be hypnotised. Go and be hypnotised. the best. It's called Neurolinguistic wow. Programming. That's it for another episode. Thanks for listening. If you liked today's episode and want to hear more, please take a moment to subscribe in your favourite podcast app. If you loved what you heard, give us a review on iTunes. You can even leave a recommendation for what we review next or just blatantly promote your own podcast, whatever blows your hair back. We're also listening ahead on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, so feel free to get in touch. Next week on Listening Ahead. This is The Longest Shortest Time. I'm Hilary Frank. Each episode of Listening Ahead is written, created, and produced by Podgoals, where Tony Wall, Alex Bailey Charteris, Alice Hamilton, and Ollie Monch. Our music is by Ladyback. This week, with thanks to and grabs from Memory Motel. <laughs>